Welcome to another episode of There is a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is December 9th, 2020. Before we get started, must remind you for those individuals who are citizens in the state of Georgia, early voting starts next Monday. You've probably have seen the commercials, you've probably heard all of the rhetoric, seen some of the debates. To say that this election is crucial, to say that it is important, to say that it is detrimental, is all an understatement. To get this country back on track And I'm not going to say that the Democrats controlling everything is going to be the answer or the solution to everything that has taken place, particularly in the last four years. However, I believe that it would be a crucial step in the right direction. I believe that gaining control of the Senate, I believe that President Biden will be able to immediately implement the infrastructures, the programs that will be needed to help this country right itself back up. However, if I must be skeptic. People may remember back in 2009, President Barack Obama, he was in a similar situation. The White House, the House, and the Senate was all Democrat, and not one thing got done. And I believe it was because there were a number of individuals that just did not believe, and I'm talking about individuals on the Democrat side of the House and of the Senate that simply just did not believe that Barack Obama at that time was worthy to be president of the United States. And they showed this displeasure by restricting and hindering some of his plans. It wasn't until, of course, the midterms when the Democrats, if I'm correct, I think they lost the Senate, but I think they lost the House as well. I can't remember if they lost both or not. But either way, it it became a real struggle after the midterms passed for President Obama. And a lot of programs had to be fought, had to be, I guess, watered down, restructured to appease both sides. And see, this is, this is the issue that has been going on for the last several years. It would be good to just see one party control everything to show how things could be when a group of sound mind individuals, and you know, yes, I'm a little biased, because I'm pretty much, for my voting history, I lean towards liberal. 
But I just believe that I just believe that the Democrat Party has learned a lesson. I believe that they remember some of the hardship that they gave Barack Obama back in 09. And I just believe that they are going to take advantage of the situation if they control all levels of the government. And I believe that we will see substantial things happening, particularly the next two years. I believe that if everything is right side up, they don't even have to worry about the midterms. There would be no challenge from any Republican opponent, serious opponents, to even make a threat. If anything, if everything could be right side up in the next two years, the Democrats should gain more seats so that they can solidify their power in the House and in the Senate. So again, early voting starts in Georgia. It is imperative that everybody go out and show the same effort, enthusiasm that was displayed for the presidential election. Now, I'll be truthful, I still don't understand how Joe Biden won the presidency in the state of Georgia, but yet the two Democratic Senate candidates were put in runoffs. And, you know, of course, there's some statistics that indicated that roughly 40% of the individuals that voted for Joe Biden did not vote. They did, either they did not vote for the Democrat candidates or they did not vote at all, meaning that they pretty much did not go down the ballot to see what else was on the ballot, which of course, this is just, this is a lack of voter education. And that is, that's an Achilles heel for Democrats as well. Thing that The things that our organizations have to start coming on board with is that they got to educate voters. All of this, not understanding a ballot or the thing that I can't stand when I hear somebody say, I only vote for, or I only participate in big elections, you know, meaning the president or governor, and they do not understand everything starts on the state level, on the local level, the school board, the county commissioner, all of these things, these are the, these are the elections that determine the gerrymandering, controlling of your state house. I mean, if you notice, one of the things that President Trump did, he contacted individuals from Michigan. These were state legislators. He contacted individuals from Wisconsin, from Pennsylvania, to come to the White House 
to get them to find out or to find out what they could do to take back to their states to overturn these results. Because if these states had strong, I guess, um, party, I guess, strong Republican base House and State Senate, it, I mean, who knows what could have resulted from this? I mean, it's, it's still a mess. I mean, even in the state of Georgia, you know, the things that the Secretary of State has, you know, professed where he's getting calls from Lindsey Graham, you know, getting threats on his life because, you know, Donald Trump is making these accusations. You know, the, the attorney in Florida who's telling individuals to go up to Georgia and try to register and try to vote in this Senate election. I mean, this shit, this, this some shit, this some crazy shit that's gonna be going on in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, to say that this is important, you know, again, it's an understatement. I mean, what, it was last Friday and Saturday, the vice president and the president made back-to-back trips to Georgia. You know, I don't think y'all really understand what's up for grabs. I really don't think so. I hope you, I hope you learn real soon because if the Republicans remain, regain control over the Senate, the programs such as the stimulus packages, if the Republicans have their way, we already know that they only want a fraction of the money that has been allocated by the House into actually truly resolve this coronavirus situation. When you just look at what needs to be done, and I stated this in the previous podcast, President Biden will literally have to shut this country down. And to do so, it's gonna require a large amount of stimulus funding, not only just for the individuals that will not be able to go to work, but the businesses so that they can maintain once the shutdown has been lifted. You know, I mean, you thinking this is this is 100% common sense, but for some reason the Republican Party they don't want nothing they don't want they don't want nothing to do with this. It's literally evident that these people want this disaster to happen, and for the life of me, I can't understand what do they gain from this, and see. I've been it just I've been racking my mind in regards to what is the benefit of the coronavirus 
pandemic to the Republican Party. You know, wearing no masks, not stopping businesses. You know, like I said, Pence and Trump both were here back to back days at these rallies. And I mean, the numbers indicate hospital beds are being filled. Healthcare workers are literally working 24 hour shifts. It's like, what, what do they see? What is it that they are not getting? And you gotta come to the conclusion, they just don't give a damn. That's the only conclusion. And I guess all of the other people that attend these rallies, I guess they don't care either. But the voters have spoken out. You got a new White House. You got the House. Let's see how serious the voters really care about correcting this country. Because if the Senate goes back into the hands of the Republican, we're going to have a standstill. Now, in my heart, I really believe that if, if the Republicans can get, if they remain in power of the Senate, basically what has to happen is you have to get at least on everything that you're for, you have to at least find at least three Republican Senate. And this, of course, goes with the concept that all of the Democrat senators are on board with your program. But you would have to have at least three Republican senators cross lines every time you make a proposal. That's, it sounds simple, but it's, it's, that's, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a mess. But either way, let's see. Early voting starts on Monday. First thing I want to also recognize is Ms. Margaret Keenan. Ms. Keenan is the first person in the world to take the coronavirus vaccine. 90 or 91 years old woman. So everybody's probably praying for this woman because I mean, if she pulls through, it's like, it's gonna be a green light. I mean, if something happens to her, I mean, if, and it could be based on the vaccine or the fact that the woman's 91 years old. You know, it, it reminds me of my heart surgery. There's some things that my surgeon said, you can't blame everything on your heart. You gotta blame some stuff on the fact that you 55 years old. So hopefully Miss Keenan at 90 plus years old will pull through this and be a beacon of hope with this vaccine. My prayers, my fingers are crossed constantly in this area. 
But anything, what I wanted to talk about was President Obama was on a program called Good Luck America. It's a, it's a Snapchat um, program, almost like in a podcast format. It's on YouTube. And pretty much, um, he was just saying some interesting things about the Democrat Party, which, you know, I found, found interesting. You know, one of the things that, you know, he was just saying about the term defunding the police. He had said in a previous show that he was on where, you know, things were going back and forth with the slogan and the action that was needed for the Democrats to somehow start making progress with some of the things that they want to accomplish. And one of the things that he mentioned was the problem with the Democrat Party is how they package stuff. Now, what he was saying is that he totally agrees why defunding the police is important. He totally agrees that defunding the police and putting money back into the community and using the money for mental health programs and job programs would be perfect. It would be excellent. But he just said that the way the statement is, I guess, Utilize and of course, whenever you have a statement that gets hijacked by the Republican Party, of course, they're gonna they're gonna destroy it. And once they get through twisting it up, the first thing people are gonna start thinking when you say defund the police, it sounds like you're saying get rid of the police, and people are not. People are not going to, they're not going to go for that. But he was saying what should be said is let's reform the police department and use statements like reform it to the point so that everybody is being treated fairly. Use money for programs that would send mental health workers to 911 calls versus the police coming in with a whole SWAT team because we all know 99.9% chance when that happens something is going to go wrong so he's saying the Democrats need to learn better language so that it don't turn people off and start using language that would have people to learn how to embrace the statement and opening up to the ideal that a term will embrace everybody. Um, one of the things that Obama also spoke about was 
how old the Democrat Party is. And he was saying how they need to start looking at new blood, as he put it. And they need to start changing their ideology and correct that, I guess, centuries of saying the same rhetoric. He indicated that the police, I mean, excuse me, the Democrat Party needed to promote people and put fresh faces at the forefront. An example that he made was about the Democrat convention. He was saying, yes, it was successful, especially, you know, something that was put together during the pandemic. But he said he was disappointed, like when uh, AOC was only allowed to speak for about five moments, five, excuse me, five minutes. And she is like this individual that younger generations listen to. Because he added that people like AOC and another um, congresswoman, Katie Porter, they have the skill set to be able to message their thoughts to the point where Republicans, they can't take their words and twist it because their words are so tight and so straightforward. There is no like looking for loopholes in their statements. And this has been the downfall of the of the Democrat Party. Also, you know, another thing that was he was saying that you have to have the ability to meet people where they are versus trying to get people to come to you. And this is another tactic that individuals like AOC, they use it extremely well. The Democrats have that mindset that you got to come to us, especially the old heads. And it's not like that anymore. Now, one of the things that I do have a problem, if, I, if there's anything I do have a problem with Barack Obama's statements, I can't help but to notice that he kind of straddles the fence on certain issues. Because you got to realize Barack Obama was, you know, he was behind the, the push for Joe Biden becoming president. You know, a lot of people will say that, you know, um, South Carolina representative um, James Clyburn played a major part, which of course, James Clyburn, he's been around, he's been around forever. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. You know, we talk about the Republicans and the length of time that they have been in office, but people don't look they don't get it. The Democrats, they've been around just as long, if not longer. But when I see 
President Obama talk about new voices, but there's a push for Joe Biden. Now, of course, yes, there's, there's Kamala Harris. She's waiting in the wings. And without a doubt, I can't wait to listen to what she's going to promote once they get sworn in. In fact, my only hope is that she and Joe Biden will be able to work together in harmony because my concern with Kamala Harris is that she will outshine Joe Biden. And I don't know if, you know, I don't know the structure that Joe Biden has. I don't know his mental makeup that he will have. Is he in the position to say, I'm here to promote her. I'm here to get her prepared for the next level. Or is he going to be like, you know, I like this president thing. I can do this for another term. You know, right now it's been stated that he's only going to do one term. But, you know, people get a taste of power. <laughs> that shit is addictive. Um, and, you know, you know, not to change the subject in regards to President Obama straddling the fence. Because, you know, there were other things that I had that I just felt that President Obama could have done. I mean, one of the criticisms that I did have when he was president, I felt that he put too much emphasis on trying to reach out to those individuals that did not support him. If anything that I will give Donald Trump credit for was that he recognized those who supported him and he didn't give a damn about anybody else. And it was without a doubt, Trump supporters are a minority in this country. Yeah, they had they day in 2016, but make no mistake, they are a minority. However, I think with Barack Obama doing his tenure in office, he put too much emphasis on trying to reach out to those who just, they just, they just weren't having it. Because I don't, you know, and I hate to think that he didn't realize it, but they just was not going to, they just not, was not going to receive him because it was about the color of his skin. It's no doubt that the issues that Barack Obama promoted would have been successful. You know, the, the program where he was going to give the money to all the states so all the infrastructure could be um, corrected, fixed. This would have been a great program. This, this would have been a program that would still be benefiting this country. You know, you're going to give millions of dollars to every state so that they can fix their infrastructure. Do you know how many jobs this would have created? The length of time for the jobs, people working, people consuming, spending money. I mean, 
Yeah, you know, I mean, even like the, the pandemic, this stuff was in place during the Obama administration, but he did not push it because it was like he was still trying to pacify the people that were against him. And, you know, it's just like now, even during Trump administration, you hear everybody speaking out. And it wasn't just Obama, because you didn't hear um, much from Jimmy Carter. You didn't hear much from George Bush, George W. Bush. You didn't hear much from Bill Clinton. In fact, to me, the only one that really spoke out was against Trump, that is, was George Herbert Walker Bush. Up to the time he died, he made no qualms that he didn't want nothing to do with Donald Trump. He was the only one. Now, all of a sudden, and I don't know if it's because Barack Obama is promoting his book, which, by the way, it's a good book. Um, you know, um, it's fascinating. But it's like all of a sudden, he's speaking out against everything that Donald Trump and, you know, refresh my memory, Donald Trump been fucking shit up since his first, his first day in office. I mean, like I said, Obama put in place a coronavirus task force. You know, um, this was funding, this was staffing, this was everything to get this country prepared for this virus that was coming. And Trump, in his first 100 days of office, he did away with all of this stuff. Even in his last weeks, the Pfizer Corporation offered the White House millions and millions of vaccinations and the White House turned it away. Now, they're going back, asking Pfizer, do you have anything left? And Pfizer's like, no, dog, please. This shit is gone. You all are going to have to wait for, you know, the second round. But this shows you how fucked up this country is. How fucked up these people are. And then, you know, just a quick talk about the, the, the vaccination. Back, I don't know if I'm saying the wrong, word wrong. Please forgive me. Um, the vaccine. You know, from what I'm thinking, the only way that this, this could work is it really has to be administered to everybody. Now, how are they going to do that? Because if you couldn't get people to wear a mask, good luck with trying to get people to stick a needle in their arm. But when you look at it, how this is almost like you can't have a percentage to take the shots and the large number of percentage are without it. I don't even think if you had like 70%, 80%, 
that did not take the shot. So you got 20, 30% that still got something or could get something and they could restart it back up. The key is how are you going to get or basically, I guess you got to, I guess they got to figure out exactly how are you going to, how many people percentage wise have to be inoculated. But based on what I'm getting, I guess it's like the flu shot. You know, I'm, I'm kind of confused about it. Now I'm confused myself. But it's, you know, I guess it's like the flu shot. Everybody don't get the flu shot. But then at the same time, the flu really don't, it's not killing people. But, you know, either way, I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, as always, please, I would love to hear your views. I would love to hear your opinions. I would definitely would love your views in regards to this coronavirus situation, how it can be administered. What do you believe that the Biden administration is going to do in regards to get this country back online? But until then, stay safe, protect yourself, wear your damn mask, please. Until then, God bless. This has been another episode of There's a System to This Madness. I am Osaze Shabazz. Please take care. <laughs>